Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Brother, thank you for your prayers. We appreciate people that pray for the preacher. Amen. But rise, Acts chapter 26 and verse 16, and stand upon thy, on thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. This person said, did you hear about the hillbilly? There's rednecks everywhere. We just don't have them in the south. They're called hillbillies up north, but they're all over, right? Did you hear about the hillbilly who was called to testify in court? When he spoke, you could only see the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. When you're called to testify in court, that is exactly almost kind of what they say, right? You're supposed to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. What is that? They call it testifying or giving your testimony. And in the Greek, it comes from the word where we get the word martyr. And that's where we get the word witness. And that's where we get the word uh, testify or testimony because people would tell the truth And people wouldn't like them and they would kill them. And we read about a martyr named Jesus. That he was the truth and the way and the life and people didn't like what he had to say. And so those in power, instead of saying, you know what, that's what I should do, I should change. They thought that they could kill him and then he would be out of their hair. But I'm thankful that Jesus Christ, he allowed it to happen. But three days later, he arose from the dead and he said, I'm going to live and I'm going to die no more. I'm thankful that there's Jesus Christ. He's alive. The Bible talked about Paul testifying and they said that he was talking about one that was Jesus, uh, who was dead, whom Paul affirmeth. To be alive. You know what? It's not just Paul, but there's Christians today that are testifying that it's not a book that we're reading, but there's an actual one named Jesus who's not dead. He's not a fairy tale, but he's alive. We sing that. God's not dead. He's still alive. I can feel him in my hands. I can feel him in my feet. I can feel him in the church. And brother, when I walk out the door, I can feel him in the street. I can feel him in the air. And I can feel him everywhere. I can feel him all over me. You know what? That's a song of being a testifier. Let's somebody testify. So I was reading this morning in the book of Acts. Because I told my wife last night. Have you ever told your wife something and didn't do it? So preacher, I'm not married. You ever make a promise to yourself and didn't keep it? I'm going to do my laundry tonight. Next day, laundry's still sitting there. Here, there, over there. Like a grenade exploded. It's all over the place, right? Well, I said to my wife, I'm going to have everything in my message. I'm going to have my message done before I go to bed. Woke up this morning, had nothing. (laughs) 
said, Preacher, why don't you study? Brethren, I study. I pray. I come to the church and pray. I read my Bible four times a year. I spend time in prayer in the mornings. I came to the church last night. I'm sitting there reading my Bible. God, what? See, anybody can preach a sermon. But when you get a message, that's hard to do. And you say, well, preacher, it's, it's just, just ask God. I have been. <laughs> so this morning I said, well, I'm frustrated. I'm just going to read the Bible. Whenever you're frustrated, just read, okay? Not so preacher, but pray. No, read. Why? Because if you pray, you know how you're going to pray? How you feel. If you're depressed, you know you're going to pray depressed. Oh, God, why me? How come they're out of white mocha at Starbucks, God? You know, what's white mocha anyway? Isn't chocolate dark? There's no such thing as white mocha. That's like white chocolate. That has nothing to do with chocolate, right? Anyway, but when you read the word of God, then you can get God's perspective, not our emotions. So many times our emotions, they can get us going and we can get spun up about different things. But I said, I'm just going to read the Bible. So I opened up the book of Acts where I was and started to read about chapter 21 all the way to the end. And I noticed something. I noticed Paul, his account of his testimony was in chapter 22. Well, he got saved and it's accounted for in chapter 9. And then there it is again in chapter 22, and I read it this morning, and I kept reading. And then there it is again in chapter 26, three times in the book of Acts. Hey, preacher, what does that mean? Well, someone said, if the amount of scripture given to a circumstance shows its relative importance to the subject, then Paul's conversion is important for the believer to understand. Why? Because we need to understand that the conversion, the testimony of Paul reflects the possibility in all of our lives. We find in Acts chapter 9 and verse 1 that Saul was anything but a believer. He was anything but a Christian. And he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. He went into the high priest And he desired of this high priest letters to Damascus, to the synagogues. That if he found any of this way, these crazy Christians that don't live like everybody else, don't talk like anybody else, they walk a different way. Whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he was on his way doing his thing. He came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light From where? Ikea. No. Heaven. (laughs) And he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Man, isn't it good to have Jesus on your side? You know, if someone messes with the Christians, Jesus say, you're messing with me. You know that I'm, I'm thankful I've got a bodyguard and his name is Jesus. I, I, there was a guy uh, they, they, they were fighting. I don't know if Marlene remembers this, but there were some kids. They were fighting in front of the church where we had our church before. You know, kids pushing and shoving and different things. And so I told the kids, you know, get out of here. They're like 15, 16 year old, but they were adult size, right? And so they all are. Right. So anyway, so I'll, I'll abridge the story, right? So thank you. My wife's like, yeah, thank you. Right. Don't want to go to jail. So that was too much, right? But anyway, so I told the kids to get out of here. And so 
because there were little kids around. Like Lewis was like probably like two or something like that. And you know, he was going to get tramped by these kids just fighting. And so I guess he went and got his homies, right? So they all started walking in. I think it was like a guy and a wife beater and he's like coming up on me and he goes like, he's a, you mess with my cousin or something like that. And there's these people walking on and I'm, I told my wife, you know, well, I don't want to say that either. I can't say anything. You know how you have a dog and your dog goes all over your, your yard to mark the territory? I said, I'm going to pee all over this parking lot. Right? That's not, not, not literally. literally. Not literally. Oh, that's a crime. Okay. But I said, I'm going to mark this territory for Jesus. Yes. And you know, the dogs go around sniffing, like mark that and mark that. And I'm like, you know what? I got these people coming up. They didn't like what I did. I wasn't trying to be personal. But when it comes to the house of God, it comes to the word of God. It comes to protecting the brethren of God. There's no backup gear in me. So I stood up all 150 pounds and I'm like, come on. And you know that that's not very Christian. I don't care what it was. I said, come on. I said, come talk to me. I wasn't trying to fight. I wasn't trying to fight. And uh, I, my wife said, I think they saw that look in my eye kind of. And all them dudes turned around. I, they just turned around and like, come on. And they began to walk away with their bad self and their wife beater, okay? You know, but they call it a wife beater because people who beat their wife, they don't have any kind of manliness in them. If you can't stand up and be a man, men don't hit women. But anyway, I guess this guy wasn't going to fight the 150-pound preacher either. But you know what? He saw something in me. And you know, Christians have something in them that they're not about to back up on the Word of God. And Paul, trembling and astonished, I like what he said, Lord, you know, when you come to the house of God, let God speak to your heart, not just the preacher. Let God speak to your soul, because that's all that makes a difference anyway. The Bible said, he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What do you want me to do? I like that. And this testimony is repeated over and over again. But you know what? It's one thing for Paul to testify. It's one thing for the preacher to testify. Brethren, I think that we all need our own testimony. Somebody testify. Amen. This person said, uh, I was at jury duty and uh, uh, jury selection. They didn't select me. <laughs> Twice. Too much to say, right? Because they would ask. Lawyers would say, what do you think about this? <laughs> oh, yes. Ah, me, me, me. Ooh, 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 ooh. So I, I stood up and I said, I said uh, it, was some, it was some trial about someone disagreeing with a, a law enforcement officer. There was some, they didn't tell you what the trial was about. So the lawyer said, what do you think the testimony of a law enforcement officer is higher than the testimony of a citizen. Ooh, 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 ooh. They didn't like what I said either. Jumped up. I said, yes. So preacher, but there are cops that lie. I know there are cops that lie. I know we, we had a sheriff in Clay County. Guess what? He's no longer the sheriff in Clay County. I know they found him innocent of criminal wrongdoing, but his integrity was suspect. And he's no longer the sheriff. And I'm not... I'm not, I'm not nagging him. I'm just saying that those positions of law enforcement, they require you to speak the truth. And I said to the court that was there, I said, I am a pastor. If I am a liar, I am out of a job. You know, if someone finds out and it's not going to happen, you know, 
Sister Bigelow is going to be preaching or Pastor Pat, Reverend Patterson is going to be preaching or Nikita is going to be testifying, right? So <laughs> something's going to happen, but you see a law enforcement officer takes an oath. Yes. They take, and you know what? Who guards the courts? Not Wackenhut, you know, not like a guard. They have officers to protect the courts. Obviously, they think so too. They didn't like a lot of stuff I had to say. I wasn't selected for that jury. But what I was saying is... Your testimony is important. You know, as a Christian, the testimony that you have is one of the most important things in your life. And the first thing I'd like to talk about is the truth. So when you go to court, they say you're supposed to tell what? You get on the witness stand, right? You put your hand on the Quran. Oh, wait, the Bible. At least they, maybe they're going to change that. But you put your hand on the Bible and you swear or affirm to tell what? The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. What are you saying? I'm telling the truth. You know why you go to trial? To find out what the truth is. And really, preaching is an examination of the truth. Because either Jesus rose from the dead or he didn't. Either he rose. See, the gospel is a testifying or it is a testimony of Jesus Christ. That's really what the gospel is. If you hear a gospel song, it's a testimony of the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I like what Paul said. He said, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He said, I've got to testify for Jesus. I'm going to tell his testimony. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul said, I'm going to tell you about Jesus being crucified and him risen from the dead. And he said, my reasoning is that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, if someone can talk you into serving God. Someone can talk you out of serving God. But if your testimony stands in the power of God, it's going to be greater than someone's argument. It's going to be in the power of a life of Jesus Christ. You know that I remember, I, you know, you talk to people, if, ask them if they're Christians. And something like, oh, yeah, I go to church. Oh, my dad was a preacher. And, you know, they have all these answers. But then you meet someone and you say, hey, are you a Christian? I remember talking to this guy. He was a Russian guy. He wasn't in a hurry. He was from Russia or Ukraine. Maybe Ukraine. And I said, man, are you Christian? Are you, uh, you go to church? I said something like that. I remember he goes, yes, praise God. And then he began to launch into his testimony. I didn't ask him for all that. But you know what? You ask a Christian if they're a Christian, they're going to say, you got a minute? Because I'm going to tell you what God did for me. He told me how that he was, uh, he was sick. He had some type of ailment. And he went to the Lord. And he said in his Russian accent, he said, God, if you heal me. He said, I'll serve you every day of my life. And he said, he said, God healed me. And he was telling me he had a testimony. God was a healer, but also that he was serving that God that was a healer. You see the truth. You know, said, preacher, but you've got to say it, right? You know, in times of seriousness... People expect, so the gospel, it's the testimony of God's testimony. It's the the revelation of God's testimony that Jesus Christ was born without sin, lived a life without sin, was crucified. His blood was shed for our sins. He paid for our sins in hell. And then he rose for 
our justification from the dead three days later. But you know, it's interesting. That's the truth. But I'm thankful that the whole truth comes out. You know, when God gives us a testimony, his testimony, we're expected to respond to that. And you know, that also wants us to tell the whole truth. What is that? You know, in court, they expect you to say something, right? In business deals, they expect you to say something. In weddings, you ever been to a wedding? Do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded uh, husband? Da 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 da. And you know what the wife says? The prospective wife. She doesn't say. She doesn't raise her hand. She doesn't do this. She says, "What I do." And you know what? You're expected to speak, to testify. And uh, have you ever done any? I was a notary public. You know what that is? Uh, and you would have to go, and you would. Uh, you would legitimize business deals and acting as an agent of the state of Florida. So I had my little stamp and they would, uh, I worked for a company and they would say, Adam, you need to do this and that and the other and this, you know, stamp here, stamp here. And I have to read the forms and I have to stamp my little stamp and sign my name. But you know what also? It would say I would have to authenticate that something was subscribed so they had to sign their name. And I would have to be there and watch them. And if they didn't do it, I'd say, sorry, you need to sign over it. I need to watch you sign it. Why? Because that was my job. Yes. And some of them didn't say subscribe. They say sworn and subscribed before me. So the law wanted their testimony. And so I'd go to my boss and I'd say, boss, you got to swear. I said, is this document accurate? And he goes, I swear, you know, or something like that. But you know what? God is the same way. He wants to hear us say it. He wants the whole truth. And when we come to Jesus Christ, I like that woman with the issue of blood. She told him all the truth. You know that God just wants to hear everything. That when we come to God and tell him the whole thing. You know, I remember when I got saved, uh, I wanted to tell not the whole truth. <laughs> so the preacher said, are you a Christian? And I said, yes. Oh, I was alive. I mean, that wasn't even anywhere close to No, I was not. And so he asked me another question. He said, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? And I was like, ooh. Mm. I knew that, was a, that wouldn't happen either. I knew my life. So I just stayed quiet. I figured I won't have to tell the whole truth. I just like, shh. And then he said, well, would you like to make sure? And I was like, he's letting me out. Thank you, Jesus. Let my pride out. Let my, and I said, I'd like to make sure. And so he led me in prayer. And it, I, he said, preacher, what do you, this is something like Paul holds his testimony. This changed my life. And I don't remember the words that I said. I don't remember the words that he preached. But I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I don't remember what I said. But when I went home to the barracks, I was a different type of Marine. That God had transformed me by the renewing of my mind. And the places that I went, I began to have a different story. And when the people would want to run to the club and different things, I was like, I'm going to church. I can't do that. I was a designated driver for a while. That means you help drunks be drunk. After I got saved. And I would go, really? I know, that was a bad idea, right? But, so I would take people to the bar and I would drink my Coke at the bar as a Christian, young Christian. And then God began to deal with my heart. You know what it was? Your testimony. What are you doing? And I wasn't accustomed to this reality. I said, preacher, I'm ashamed of you. But that's just what I did. 
And God began to deal with my heart. What are you doing? So I felt uncomfortable. You know, when our testimony doesn't match up with God's word, we feel uncomfortable. You know, that's the Holy Ghost. It's not the preacher. It's not the church where you go. It's the Holy Spirit. So I, I remember I told the guys, I said, look, I'm not going to hang out at the bar. Give me your keys. I will drive you to the bar, drop you off at the bar. And when you get done drinking, call me and I'll come pick you up. There were no phones back then, okay? You had to call the barracks, okay? So that worked for a little while and God began to deal with me. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't remember the words. I just remember feeling like I'm not supposed to do this. This is not the whole truth of my life. And so eventually I said, look, I'm not driving you there anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. And of course they fully understood. No, they're like, you don't care about us, man. Well, I guess I don't care about you being a drunk. But you know that I'm thankful that Jesus Christ kept dealing with me. The whole truth, the truth about your whole life. You see, when God saves us, he saves us on our Sundays. But he also saves us for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. My wife was talking with someone the other day. And I'm not going to say all, you know, because you talk to people in the neighborhood and everything. And, and, uh, but this lady, she said some stuff. And my wife said, you know, it's just one of those days where I wasn't just going to take it. <laughs> so, so, so she just has something now just about the Bible, okay? It wasn't bad. But she was just like, nope, I'm not just going to sit there and smile. But she came back with what the Bible said. You know what that is? It's a testimony. You know what the world needs? It needs some Christians to testify. Say, wait a second. The whole truth is that you need to repent of your sin. Otherwise, you're going to split hell wide open. You know that I'm thankful that there are people that live for God. And they're a light of the truth that men and women can see. That churches aren't places that people go. You know, I remember that this, uh, uh, was it Applebee's? And this guy behind us, he was having a moment, okay? Now, if you talk loud at the restaurant, someone else might get in your conversation. And it might be me. I was minding my own business. And this guy behind me in the booth, right? He said, all preachers are hypocrites. This and that and the other. And my, I'm looking at my wife and my little, you know that... <laughs> You know that little like temperature gauge that goes up? It must have been going up, up, up. And I'm just sitting there. My wife's like, come on, don't you? And I stood up and I turned around and pulled out my preacher finger. Like, oh, I switched blade, right? And I said, sir. And he kept talking. I mean, in the restaurant, shouting in the restaurant. Sir. Like a football game was on, but no football game was on. But let me tell you, it was on, okay? And he looked at me like, who are you? I mean, you're not in my conversation. Yeah, but he made it God's conversation when he brought God into it and preachers into it. And uh, some people say, I don't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites. I'm like, well, one more won't hurt. Come on. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people that say, well, I want to go to a perfect church. You go to a perfect church, you'll ruin it when you walk in. But you know that I'm thankful that God says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and that you're heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. That's the testimony that God will give me that I once was blind, but now I see that slaveholder John Newton. He was a wretch, but I'm thankful that God saved him. God cleaned him up and God even made him into a preacher. And we still sing that song. It's called Amazing Grace because God's amazing grace can take Paul, who was injurious, and turn him into the greatest apostle that ever wore a pair of shoes. God can make a change. So I pointed my finger 
And I said, uh, I said, I'm a preacher. And I said, I'm not a hypocrite. And he looked at me and he goes, I, I, I wasn't talking about you. And, <laughs> and then I just sat down. And my wife said something like, oh, that'll win him. <laughs> you know, he never came to church. <laughs> he never came to church. You know, that Applebee's is closed. We, walked, we, we drove by it on 103rd. 103rd. But you know what? I still remember what I said to that man for Jesus Christ. You see, because we Christians, it's nothing but the truth. You see, when you become a Christian, that you, you, uh, you, you, you live a life, your life becomes a testimony wherever you are. I remember uh, we were having a soul winning contest, and we're just going to share what Sister Janora told us. I wasn't there, but I can imagine it. She's not as much into Home Depot as her husband is, I guess. And, you know, so her husband went in there to do something, and she just stationed herself at the door. <laughs> oh, but she's such a sweet lady. Oh, she's bold. So she stationed herself at the door and every people, everyone that was coming in, she was hitting them and inviting them to church. Hey, hey, you need to come to church. Hey, you need to come to church. I'm like, man, you go, girl. That's all right. Someone who's not ashamed. You say, well, there must have been some rough, tumble people walking up. You know what? No one's a rough, as, a rough and tumble as the resurrected Jesus Christ. When he's on your side, you don't have to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have a message that everybody needs to hear. And they need to hear it from someone else. Outside of the church, they need to hear it at Home Depot. They need to hear it at Walmart. They need to hear it. They need to hear it at any government office that you go in. They need to hear about what Jesus can do. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who? Somebody testify. Somebody testify that the Lord is alive. You know that God's real. That's what people need to hear. That you know what? My, 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 my home life has possibility. There's a possibility with my job where I work. There's a possibility with the craziness that I'm going through. That there's a Jesus that can come in. And there's a Christian that comes through and say, Hey, I just want to tell you that God's alive. I can pray for you. That God's real. That he can do something in your life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There was a man named Enoch that said he was translated that she not, should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. You know, as I grow in the Lord, I'm, the only thing that I'm worried about is doing what God wants me to do. Careers come and they go. When you grow up, you'll go through a few cars. You've been through a few cars, Brother Bless? Here's a few. Like, like a, a few, like coffee, like a latte, you know. <laughs> but you go through a few cars, you go through a few houses, you go through a few this or a few that, you're like, yeah, these things come and they go. But you know what, Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forever. And Paul was told, I'm going to make you a witness that I'm alive. And wherever you go, and he said, I'm going to reveal other things to you. As my wife comes to the piano, there was a man named Billy Sunday. Now, not Billy Graham. Billy Sunday was a preacher earlier in the 1920s and maybe the teens. But he was a professional baseball player. He's not a Christian, 
And I think it was for the Chicago White Stockings or White Socks. Before they were called the White Socks, they were called the White Stockings. That doesn't sound very manly, but that's what they were called, right? The White Stockings. I think they had the Black Stockings too, but anyhow. But he and his buddies had a day off in Chicago. And so they were just getting out there drinking and carrying on, and they sat on a street corner. It's a true story. And there was a place called the Pacific Garden Mission. It was, a, it was a gospel outreach. It still exists today. This is 100 years ago. And he's sitting there, and he heard some of the hymns that his mother had sang as a child. And all the other guys sat there, and they stayed there. He got up, and he went across the street. And he went to that church service, and it wasn't long until he gave his life to Jesus. And he gave his life to Jesus, and brethren, he became the Billy Graham of that era. He became a gospel preacher on fire, and that men and women heard that there was a testimony about a God that can change a life and a heart. And you know what? God wants us to testify. With heads bowed and eyes closed, the first testifying is going to be Jesus. He's going to testify. He said, I'm the Lord. I changed not. I came to deliver. My blood comes to cleanse. I can forgive any sin. But you know what? Then we need to testify. Because God will tell you the truth. And you know, sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes I don't like to hear the truth. <laughs> but you know what? The whole truth is that God just wants us to be open and honest with him. God, this is the way that it is. But if you'll take me as I am, just as I am, without one plea, just as I am, just, just as I am, just like I am now, we tell him the whole truth. Then God can take that and he can change us and he can make us, take us from darkness to light. He can take us from sin to righteousness. He can break all the chains of sin. But you see, most of what God wants to do is to make you a mouthpiece for the gospel. Say, preacher, I can't speak for the Lord. Oh, but that's exactly what God wants you to do. If I thought preachers spoke for the Lord, well, they are just one. They can't do it all, though. But God wants to testify. Somebody testify. And when you tell them nothing but the truth and you walk out and say, you know what? The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. And someone will, they might fight you, but they might say, you know what? Let me see if this guy or this girl's real. Because I need that in my life too. I want a real God and a real life and a real walk with Him. Somebody testify. Let's find a place to pray. These altars are open. So, if, preacher, I've never given my life to Jesus. Well, you know what? You can today. And I can come back and pray with you. You raise your hand and say, but I've never really just given my life to God before. I've never just... I've never said, well, preacher, but I gave my life to God when I was young. Good. You don't get saved twice. You only get saved once. You just come back after you've been saved, just like that prodigal son. You just come back to the Father. You just come back to Jesus. Say, preacher, I need to come back. I need to lay it on the line and just say, God, be in control of all my days. Be in control of my house. God, be in control of every cupboard in my house. Be in control of everywhere that I go on the internet. Be in control. Be the Lord. You know what? Let me testify. And let other people see that I'm one of those crazy Christians. And I'm not ashamed. 
that are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray that prayer? Would you testify? Because someone needs to hear it from you. They can avoid the preacher. They can't avoid you because they'll see you and they're counting on you. And so is Jesus Christ. Father, I preached your word. Lord, I pray that God, that somebody would testify. Someone would open their mouth and speak of what God has done in their life and continues to do. And you know what? God won't leave you. God won't forsake you. He's going to take you. And he's going to lie and testify. That's the most important thing you're going to ever do down here. Please tell someone about Jesus. Lord, I preached. God, speak to our hearts. Somebody testify. Somebody be a witness of Jesus. Someone show the love of Jesus. Someone show the forgiveness of Jesus. Someone show the righteousness of Jesus. Someone show his power in his life. Someone show the holiness of Jesus. Someone show it in their life. Let them testify, God. Let them testify by their words. Let them testify by their actions. Let them testify by their life. name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. don't know where to start it's just with that name of Jesus Jesus be my Lord Jesus be my Lord I give my life to you all of it God take it and make it break off my sins by righteousness Lord Lord let me abandon those things that keep me down let me stick to Jesus pray as long as you like. God bless you is our sincere prayer. But brethren, there's a challenge out there. There's people that don't know God. There's another Billy Sunday that hasn't been converted. There's another Billy Graham. Who was the South American Billy Graham? What was his name? He just died. The guy, he was as big as Billy Graham, but he was like from Panama or something. No, he was was Hispanic, but he was... Yeah, Luis Palau. Where's he from? Argentina. Well, look, there's another Luis Palau out there. But you know what? They haven't heard about Jesus yet. And someone's got you to testify. You know, we might not call to be a missionary, but we might be called to reach one. Someone invited Billy Graham to church. Someone preached and Billy Sunday got saved. I don't know the name of the preacher. I don't know the name of Billy Graham's soul winner, but you know what? Many haven't heard of the apostle 
named Andrew. You know who Andrew was? There was an apostle named Andrew? Yeah. But he went and found his brother named Peter. And he said, we found the Christ. Come on. So you haven't heard of Andrew, but without, without an Andrew, there'd be no Peter. <laughs> you see, God needed someone to testify. And you know what? God, let me be someone that can testify of what Jesus can do. God bless you as our prayer. We're going to dismiss in a moment. Uh, we got service at 6. If you want to come, we also have Bible study on Tuesday. We have soul winning 630. And go tell someone else about Jesus. Someone told me about Jesus. It changed my life. Amen.